Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray as David did in Psalm 19. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Well, today we end the sermon series, Love in Community. We end it with uh, Third John. We have heard from both Pastor Darren and Pastor Angie about the first two, and now you're hearing from me, Third John. The third pastor, Third John, it makes sense, right? Okay, so anyway, um, John is consistent in his message throughout all of these letters, and I hope they have the word cloud. Are they going to show it? Maybe? Yay! Okay, this is a word cloud, and if you're unfamiliar with a word cloud, what it is is you take a passage, and you uh, put it in uh, this program. I used word art, and uh, it comes out, and it shows you the words that are most often used in that passage, and they're the larger numbers. And as you can see, or numbers, boy, I'm a mathematician. That's what I said, numbers, <laughs> letters. They're, they're letters. Anyway, they're words, actually. <laughs> Love, truth, okay? Those are the two biggest ones. And he's consistent using this, not only in the letters, but in his gospel. And uh, you can see they're pretty big. I had to redo this a couple times because you see that place where it says church? Uh, at one point, evil was above that. Evil church. <laughs> I said, no, <laughs> I'm not using that one. So <laughs> anyway, um, I used to use this technique when I was studying a scripture passage in order to give my message. And it's called, here's a, here's a seminary term for you, exegesis. Exegesis. That means that you look at a passage and you uh, draw out what's in the passage rather than put your subjective ideas into it. Okay? Does that kind of make sense? If you put your subjective uh, uh, ideas into it is called eisegesis. Aren't you happy you know that? <laughs> yeah, you should be happy because I certainly am. <laughs> anyway, um, now that I have given you a seminary lesson, I can tell you what I drew out from Third John by using this. You know, I'm a visual learner, so that word cloud really helped me. It really helped me figure out things out. But um, I can tell you what I drew, drew out from 3 John. John starts out his letter by praising what this guy named Gaius, and I'm probably just totally not, and mispronouncing his name, but Gaius, it's good enough, uh, is doing, and he tells him that he has great joy. He says that word has come around to him of, your, of his faithfulness of walking in the truth and that he continues to walk in the truth. He points out that Gaius welcomes and loves other believers even though they are strangers to him. In that way, he empowers them to work together with him for the truth. These actions are in contrast to another person in the church called, and I'm going to also just slaughter this name, Diotrephus, 
who does not welcome others. Not only that, he spreads what's called malicious nonsense. What do you think that is? I think that's gossip, don't you think? And he discourages people from welcoming strangers into the church, right? And in fact, he discourages them so much, he has a lot of influence in the church, he excommunicates them if they start welcoming strangers in. Well, what? You know, what's, what's that all about? Then he goes on to say, don't imitate the evil things that Diotrephus does, uh, but be like Demetrius. Uh, Demetrius imitates the good example given to you by Gaius. That's pretty cool. John also says that he is coming in person to talk to Gaius and the church face to face, and then he sends peace to them. First of all, John is a good leader. He starts out his letter uh, by talking about Gaius, and, and he's authentically praising him for what he's doing and what he heard he was doing. Um, Gaius is setting a great example for the others in the church to imitate, and then he states that what another believer who has influence is doing that does not set a good example for others. So that's, that's the criticism he has. But he also points out that Diotrephus is prideful. And John warns against this because of the consequences. You know, my mom, she used to call being prideful full of yourself. And if you're full of yourself, you can't, be, you can't take anything else in, can you? So he is full of himself. He doesn't want to welcome strangers that are new to him. So pride makes him unwelcoming and resentful. Being prideful, prideful he's not welcoming other true believers because they're not known to him. He's blinded by pride so that he cannot see the truth. Then he talks about this guy named Demetrius. So what is he doing? He's saying Demetrius is doing a great thing. He's following Gaius' example, following the truth. So he's doing a praise and then a criticism and then another praise. So that's the, the idea behind being a good leader. He concludes uh, with a promise for a personal visit. So that's what good leaders do. They communicate well. They communicate effectively. So what can we learn from this? We are all leaders when it comes to discipleship. Encouraging others to walk in the truth is part of discipling others. How we do this is with love. Truth and love, like the, like the uh, word cloud said. This can be difficult. Remember Pastor Angie a few weeks ago talked about how love can hurt and, um, and being filled with the love of Jesus instead of anything else helps us with this because we cannot speak the truth in love in our own strength. Pastor Darren also pointed out that we need to stay in step with Jesus and not run ahead of him too far as we rely on his love to see us through the difficult task of speaking the truth in love. Now, Jesus, in John 17, prays that we are united in love with him and the Father. He gave us his Holy Spirit in, 
to, to also to help us along the way. In this world, Jesus says, there will be trouble. But he has given us a helper, his spirit, so that Jesus is able to work in us and through us. We do live in difficult times. This weekend, we honor those who have died before us, especially those who have died defending our country in a war. Jesus prays that the Father does not take us out of the world, but he prays for his help as we navigate through the difficulties of this world. Recently, we have lived through a pandemic and a variety of disturbing occurrences, such as the school shootings in Texas. But Jesus is with us and wants to work through us to reach a hurting world. If we fill ourselves with pride and resentment, such as diatrephus, Jesus has no room to work within us. That is why finding a safe place to be able to speak the truth in love to each other is so important. We need to help one another when we see that we are not open to and filled with God's spirit. Speaking the truth can sound very harsh as well, even though we do not mean it to be harsh. Have you ever heard the truth about yourself spoken by a person who has no filter? You know, when my son was three years old, I took him to the doctor. And the pediatrician was an excellent pediatrician. He really was. And he did well with the kids. He was wonderful. But he was kind of a heavier, stocky guy. And my son looked up at him and said, You're fat! <laughs> and to this guy's credit, he said, I know. I'm working on it. <laughs> So he uh, actually kind of supported that statement, but he also said that he really did need to lose weight. He realizes that. Truth-telling can be difficult. So can hearing the truth. So not only do we need the Holy Spirit to speak the truth in love, but also to hear the truth in love. Especially from people like that with no filter. And I think you lose your filter as you go on in life because I do a lot of, <laughs> a lot of uh, nursing home visits. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, I, I, do serm I practice my sermons there because um, I can. And uh, anyway, they give really good feedback. <laughs> if you want feedback with no filter. And they said, I saw you on TV. They really mean on the computer. But... Um, they say, you look older. <laughs> I said, oh, thanks. Anyway, so, uh, so truth-telling can be difficult. Hearing the truth also can be difficult. Jesus wants to be one with him. Um, he, Jesus wants us to be one with him. Even though we are all broken, he wants to work in us and through us anyway. How do we, how we, do, how do, we do this in this upside-down world? where Christianity is now taking a back seat and becoming a minority world view. Now, I have grown children. They're in their 30s. I also have a husband, by the way. 
and we've been married for 40 years. So someone asked me uh, after the first service, you have kids, but do you have a husband? I said, yeah, I have a husband. And, and he's not really good about fo- uh, having a filter. He, has a fil- he does have sort of a filter, but and anyway, anyway, they didn't grow up as pastor's kids. Uh, I didn't become a pastor until 2014. I know I'm old. You don't have to tell me. But this is my fourth career. I was a math, high school math teacher, then I was a project manager for a computer company, and then I was a college math instructor, and now here you got me now as a pastor. <laughs> I didn't mean for you to clap. <laughs> well, anyway, um, the kids didn't grow up as pastor's kids, uh, and, uh, but they are now. And pastor's kids are notoriously naughty. My kids weren't naughty. But they are now. (laughs) Anyway, um, I don't know about you, but uh, in my experience with working with millennials, um, especially millennials who are my kids, they they tell me they're very skeptical of what they think of as religion or religious people. They want to do... They want what they do and who they are to make a difference in the world and to make it better. Okay, that really isn't very different than what I thought when I was 20 and 30, but they think this is unique to them. So uh, it's not. But everything old is new again. You know that. Anyway, uh, when they're having difficulties, as we all do, my taking the, talking to them about Jesus doesn't help. The minute they hear the word Jesus, they put, on, they put you in the religious category, which means that you are not making a difference, you're not making things better, and you don't know what you're talking about, so they turn you right off. Okay, come on. I'm a pastor, and they turned me off. So, at any rate, um, doesn't matter. I know I, I am somewhat of a slow learner, but just a few years ago, I came to a conclusion. When talking with my kids, I will let them speak first. I will let them speak first, and I won't talk about Jesus right away. I will let them speak first. I will listen to them, and I will an- ask questions to clarify what they mean, because sometimes I don't know what they mean. Sometimes being 40 years older than your kids makes a difference. You don't know the, the um, language that they're using. Then I give them comfort and reassurance where needed, and I support the positive ways they are dealing with stuff, and then I tell them the truth about the things that they're not handling very well in a loving way. Now... Um, I am not talking about Jesus right away, but I am being Jesus to them. I am being Jesus to them. So remember that that between the third and fourth step, you may want to take a break and pray, (laughs) you know, in order for you to talk about the things they're not handling very well. You may want to take a break and pray. Sometimes the Holy Spirit just works right through you and you can speak the truth in love. Sometimes you need some time to reconnect. 
Now, this is difficult to do for me. I'm a mom. I want to fix things. It's not just guys that want to fix, fix things. It's moms, too. I want to fix them. I want them to be better. But in this approach of letting Jesus work through me, I'm able to listen and hear things about their lives that I would never share with my parents. Oh, my goodness. It's just like you almost want to go, la, 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 la. I don't want to hear this. But I didn't do that. I just listen. So the idea of being one with Jesus and the Father is one that will let Jesus work through you. It is surrendering to his spirit. Jesus is praying for this right now for us, for us. Now, we don't like to surrender, do we? I mean, he wants 100% of us. How many times are you letting the Spirit work 100% through you? You go, I'll let him work through me, but I got to do this thing my way, right? Jesus wants 100% of us. John 17 is often called the high priestly prayer. It is Jesus' farewell prayer for his disciples, and his disciples include us. He prays for unity for his disciples, not only with each other, but with the triune God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In that way, we live in God, and God lives in us. Living in God and living in us, and God living in us, means that we surrender to him. We cannot only talk about Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life, but we can actually be Jesus to one another and speak the truth. In love. So in 3 John, we see that John does, not, does speak the truth in love. He supports what is good and calls out what is destructive. We too can speak the truth in love to one another by listening to one another, surrendering to the Spirit, supporting what is good, and calling out what is destructive. By living in Jesus and He living in us, through his Holy Spirit, we can do this effectively because in our own strength, we cannot do this. We cannot speak the truth in love. We cannot speak the truth sometimes without being harsh, but Jesus helps us be loving as we tell the truth. We not only can tell the truth in love to one another, but we can accept the truth that someone else is speaking about ourselves in a loving way. We then consider it, pray about it, and we hear it through God's Spirit. Let us be Jesus to one another. Let's not just talk about Jesus, but let's be Jesus to one another. Listen first and then rely on Jesus' spirit working through us to respond in a loving way. Jesus is praying for us right now that we be united and healthy as we live out the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. In this world, we will have trouble, but Jesus will help us navigate through it if we let him. So let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, 
We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for his spirit within us. We thank you for inviting us to be one with you. We thank you that you call us your children. Jesus, thank you for wanting to work in us and through us as broken as we are. Holy Spirit, stir in us. Help us to remember that we cannot speak the truth in love without you. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for us, all your sacrifice. Help us to sacrifice for you. Sacrifice our whole selves into your care. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for uniting us. Thank you, Father God, for calling us your children. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.